For years, tech journalists like myself have been making the January trek to Las Vegas for several days of looking at new gadgets, gizmos, and a glimpse of what future tech might be like. The venue has been CES, formerly known as the Consumer Electronics Show, the largest trade show of its type attracting upwards of 170,000 people. I've been attending for more years than I care to reveal, despite the fact that most of the stuff we see at CES never comes to market. And the best products of the year aren't shown there, but held for showcasing at their own events by Apple, Google, Amazon, and others. But for every Ring doorbell, which did indeed launch at CES and find an audience, there's also past duds like the IO Hawk intelligent mobility device and Toshiba's robot, which never got off the ground. They came to Vegas, they rolled their dice in hopes of a lucky seven, but came up short, it happens. Now the new virtual CES kicks off on Monday and I'm thrilled that in the middle of a pandemic, I don't have to stand so close to all those people. I applaud the CTA, the nonprofit group that stages CES, for putting up the good fight and trying to reimagine the show as a virtual event. Now, yeah, we'll still be able to hear industry leaders opine about the future and debate trends. We'll even get to see lots of gadgets. We just won't really see them. Products will be introduced in slickly produced demo reels that I'm sure will all look great on our computer screens. But those are easy. I remember being wowed a few years back by a new drone at CES that I was told it could fly like a Frisbee and return to you without anyone controlling it. But I was able to say, I don't care about your prototype. I want to take it outside and see it fly like your video tells me it will. From their answer, I knew immediately the product was indeed vaporware. There's a lot of it. But the fun of CES is walking around, even surrounded by all those people, and discovering something that just seemed cool. Some wacky gadget that would probably never see the light of day, but maybe, just maybe, it would. TVs, the bigger the better, dominated the show always, even though they were priced out of reach for the average consumer. Companies trotted them out as, look at me, showpieces, that signaled to the world just how cool the company was. This year, somehow, CES promises over 1,000 exhibitors showing their new stuff, along with Monday press conferences from the likes of LG, Sony, and Samsung to display their new lineups. Those sessions in the past had little room for questions. What's going to be hard is I'll take a look at some of the exhibitors I've heard of. The ones I haven't? Unlikely I'm going to click a button, but we'll find out. So I'm going to be watching on Monday so you don't have to. Now that's the line, but the truth is the CES, even as a virtual event, is open only to media and industry pros, so you couldn't watch. And I think that's a big, big mistake. That CES will get to return to Vegas in 2022 is still questionable. With 175,000 people jammed together, if you're going to reimagine the show, open it up to the world. These are your customers after all. Now, the website CNET is going to live stream the press conferences, and Engadget will continue with the best of CES awards. And I'll fill you in on the next edition with what I see. My expectations are low. There's no question CES can stage interesting panels and keynotes. But who wants to sit in front of their computer for longer than an hour to watch? That's my two cents. I'm Jefferson Graham. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you on Twitter, where I'm at Jefferson Graham.